When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Round 14 of MotoGP this weekend in Misano, and there have been big signings left, right and centre the last few weeks, and the man that is right on the spot is our good friend Simon Craver, who joins now. Hello, Simon. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, hello there. Let's talk about Juan Mir, finally, worst kept secret, is going to join Mark Marquez with the, at uh, Repsol Honda. Is this a good move for Marquez and Juan Mir? Yeah, I, I think it's a good move both sides. Um, Juan, I, I've been a big fan of Juan. Oof, but, you know, since he came to MotoGP, he's, he's got something special. Uh, there was no good rides left. Well, there wasn't no rides left. Um, so it's obviously good for him because he's got a ride. The, from the Honda point of view, I think, well, I actually said, believe it or not, to the team manager, Alberto Push, while queuing for a plane, um, we're chatting away, and I said, I'd put Juan Mir on it. That, no kidding, that was like middle of last year. And uh, because he has got the right style for the Honda. He's one of the most aggressive breakers in the whole paddock. And the V4 style in general um, lends itself to hard braking, you know, slow it down, turn it, and use that strong engine on the way out. And that is Juan's style, even though he was on an inline four, the Suzuki, he managed to win the championship on it. Um, his style, I think, is more V4. And, I mean, the big thing is going to come down to if Honda can improve the bike because it's their worst time in history and nobody's really getting their bike to do what it you know Repsol Honda is famous for doing so I hope they can turn it around they know they have to and there's a test after this race I'm staying for Tuesday Wednesday and we get to see the first sights of the 23 bikes everyone gets to test them. Now, um, you bring that up, and that's, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, uh, in the last few days. Mark Marquez did ride a CBR 600 uh, Supersport bike um, this week, and I don't know what's the latest around him being at the test, because they're sort of saying if he's not at the test to ride this bike, well, then they are, they're going to the end of the season blind with um, you know, the new, uh, bits for the 2023 motorcycle. That's a really good point, Murph. And, you know, if you, I firmly believe all the decisions Mark has made is for 2023. You know, he decided to have the operation, but the timing of it is, you know, to have enough recovery to aim to get on the bike at this test. You know, everything he's doing, from my point of view, is aimed at next year. And so the aim is for him to be on the bike uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe he will be. Um, if he isn't, that is the first knockback. You know, everything they've done is aiming at 23. And you're right, because if you look at all the guys on the Hondas, 
um, if Mark's not on it, um, it's only Takanakagami that'll, you know, be... I would say, they haven't confirmed it, but I think they'll keep Tucker for next year because of this problem. There's not enough uh, knowledge, uh, riders, you know, with experience on the Honda giving them feedback. So they need Mark on it um, because the other guys coming in is Alex Rins, who I think is fantastic. He's going to be on the Honda with LCR next year. He's a great rider, real natural, but he's never thrown a leg over the Honda. The first days, he'll just be learning the Honda, not giving them feedback. And exactly the same with Juan Mir. So they really need Mark on it. So I'm positive he'll be on that on the bike on uh, on Tuesday. And about the test, he was at Aragon on a 600, but it was like Aragon's karting circuit, which is a it's a, a karting circuit on steroids. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it's a really beautiful karting circuit. But it's a karting circuit. Um, but it was basically the first shakedown of his arm, you know, and get his eye back in. Simon, how can Honda get it so wrong with such a storied history in MotoGP, producing magnificent bikes and champions? How can they suddenly get it so wrong? Um, you know, this is it's really competitive. You, you, I mean, like any sport at world championship level, so it's easy to get a little bit behind, which looks terrible, you know. Um, I believe that it's because the, the new tech coming in, uh, the... The only, I, again, my opinion, the only ones really that have the aero sorted, meaning the, all the wings sorted, are the Italian teams. You know, um, Aprilia and Ducati. Ducati did it, you know, cracked it first, then Aprilia. And if you look at all the others, I believe that they are not doing what the Italians are doing. The Italians tell me that they build the bike from ground up around the aero, so everything works together. And... Um, well, one of the engineers told me from one of the Italian uh, teams said, we are lucky that the others don't understand this because, <laughs> and what I took from that is, <laughs> um, what I took from that is that they build the bike and then put the wings on and try to make it work, you know, and it doesn't. And I think because it's the start of a new era with new technology, it it's, was really easy to get lost and they're not the only ones. KTM is struggling. Um, I think all the all the Japanese manufacturers are having a tough time with it, and it's really only the Italians that have got it sorted. Let's, I think um, just on that tech thing I saw at Silverstone, um, some Red Bull Formula One guys in the uh, garage of KTM, you know, because it's KTM Red Bull. I think they're having a big push for next year for, to sort this problem out, and I no doubt Honda will as well. Yeah, it's it's that's intriguing. That is an amazing statement, you know, that um, was made there. That uh, they they build the bike around that side of it. That is that's phenomenal. You think it's a motorcycle for God's sake? How can how can aerodynamics have such a big? But I can at that speed doing what they do on them and those all those new little things that sprout up on the Ducati. Man, they they seem to know what they're doing for sure. What about um what about the rest uh, of everything that's going on, Oliveira? Obviously, has been announced now at RNF. Um, have you seen? Have you really seen this many switcheroos going on in a season? I mean, it, this is it, this is a massive mix-up. Suzuki, I suppose, started the started the whole thing by by pulling out of the out of the championship. I think you're right. Um, it's a bit of a domino effect, you know. When you put, uh, you know, Suzuki pull out, and they put the riders of the level of quality of Mir 
and Rins, then, you know, it scares all the other riders, because, especially that haven't got deals, because those guys are really good, and they're going to have a knock-on effect, you know, and, and pinch some rides, and then the others have to move along. So, yeah, the the RNF one you mentioned, um, Oliveira, I think is exciting. It looks to me that Oliveira said no to a, a, a well, I know it was a three-year deal that they offered him, and which would have been so they could offer him some really good figure, you know, large sum of money to stay um, essentially at KTM, but it's branded as Gas Gas next year in the Tech 3 team. Um, the thing is, Oliveira, I reckon, wants the results. He, he's not, his first priority is not the money, obviously, because he's gone RNF Aprilia. He wants to get back to winning ways, and I really think he can. He, he's a awesome mm. rider. Uh, I think that he's one of the best guys in the paddock at the moment. It's just his teammate, Brad Binder, um, massive respect. He is has a talent for forcing something to do it when it doesn't want to. And yeah. uh, like like almost nobody else can, where Oliveira, if the thing is right, he's, is, he's, he runs away at the front. You know, he's really good. So I put money on that he'll that he'll win on this um, RNF. I don't know how long it'll take to make friends and do it, but I really do think he will do it. And then he's got the young guy, uh, Raul Fernandez, next to him. Real shame about Remy Gardner. He deserved another year in the championship, and it's because of the two bikes pulled out. He was the next on the list for RNF, but both riders took the took the job, the first choices, so he missed out. We we talk about Juan Mir and Marc Marquez, but the other intriguing matchup for me going into next season is Bastianini and Bagnaia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bagnaia, obviously, he's settled in the factory team. I think we're only going to see him mature, get better, make less mistakes. Mm. Uh, he's a real clever, very absolute gentleman, you know. I really think he'll he'll just get better and better. He's staying put where he is. And then, you, like you said, Enea Bastianini coming in from Grassini team. Um, for the ladies out there, only team owned and uh, run by a woman, you know, the wife of the late uh, Fausto Grassini. So they've had some real success. I think it's three wins this year. And he's got chosen over Jorge Martin to come into the factory team. And mm. that's really interesting. I mean, he's Italian. Jorge's Spanish. So... There is some, um, you know, preference to have an Italian on the Italian bike, but he's kind of proved he deserves a job as well. It was a tough choice, I think, between those two. Uh, let's see what happens. I mean, sometimes the pressure of the, the, the big team gets to the to the riders' heads, you know. Let's see if uh, Enea can keep it together. Simon, let's talk about the weekend. The let's talk about the weekend at Masano. Uh, Peko, three in a row. Does he go four in a row and become the first Ducati rider to win four in a row? I definitely, he's uh, well on target for it. Just to give you a bit of background, he's from here. Like, I know he's from, you'll know he's from Italy, but he's just from down the road. He calls Masano his backyard. The VR46 camp, you know, all the Valentino's um, protégés, they all train here. They're not allowed to train on the MotoGP bikes, but they all ride stock bikes here, like the you know the Panigales or whatever bikes they've got. And to give you an idea, all the Ducatis had a, a race, uh, all Ducati riders had a race at uh, 
Mizano Ducati World, what is it, World Ducati Week, and he just blitzed them, ran away, you know. He's so good here. It's going to take something special from someone to beat him or a mistake. Um, you know, like we saw last year, you know, wrong tyre choice, cold left side and crashed, both him and Jack, you know, because the temperature dropped a bit. The thing is, I think Fabio's right up for it. He's Fabio Quattararo mm. has been pushing so hard all year to run, you know, be competitive. He's leading the championship on not the best bike, you know, and he's pushing so hard. I think from what he said that his confidence, you know, and level of riding has gone up again, and you can tell he is right up for causing some trouble here, Mizano. Oh, well, I mean, if anyone's going to do it at the moment with that kind of confidence, it's going to be him. Um, I mean, we've, we've still got a championship uh, battle on our, on our hands big time. And, and I think the the thing that I, that I want to just mention now and talk about is is you've got all these Ducatis with all these riders and all this information that has all been sort of pushed um, together to probably, you know, support Fran, Francesco. And, and Jack Miller is going to help him and fight for him all the way to the finish, I would say. Fabio's by himself. I mean... Franco's not there. He's not there supporting or helping him in any way. Um, you know, how do you, what do you think Yamaha's going to do, or how do you think Yamaha's going to be able to, to support him through to the end to maintain this championship? They really don't have a lot of, lot of power other than the power of the man. <laughs> exactly right. He's on his own. Um, I think Ducati missed a big opportunity at Austria. I was convinced that... Well, I hate... Uh, team orders, you know. I, I yeah, yeah. followed them once, and it feels so dirty, wrong, you know, unsportsman, <laughs> sports, like you know, it's horrible. And I've got to admit that if I was the boss of Ducati uh, going into the race at Austria, I would have used team orders because if you can have Vanya running away at the front like he did, and you can slot a bunch of Ducatis in behind him and get points, good points over Fabio, which is what I thought was going to happen, um, then great, you know, just cut that uh, gap to the front to World Championship. But it didn't happen. Fabio was too good, you know. He just hunted them all down and, and ended up second, a good second, even looking like getting yeah. first with some more time. Um, the thing is, uh, you're right, Fabio's all on his own, you know, manufacturer-wise, but He's so strong. He's the strongest guy out there. With Mark missing, he's the strongest man. And and I only say that because I'm really interested to see the fight between the more mature Fabio next year and Mark when he comes back. You know, who's the most stubborn mm. man? And and I say that in a good way. You know, and yeah, that, that's how I see it. Fabio is on his own, but he's up to the job. So if we go back to yeah. what I, I asked you earlier about uh, Pecco going three in a row, do you think momentum and it being his home area? plays a big part in him just blitzing the field or, or at least getting the win? Yeah, I, he is the favourite here because of his speed here. He, he's just brilliant and he knows it so well. He's so confident. Uh, look, I'm in the hotel about to go to the track. I'm looking out the window and it's extremely unsettled weather. So I wanted yeah. to say that because that throws cat amongst the pigeons, you know. If it... The weather forecast is bad today, good tomorrow, and dodgy again on the weekend. And that means uh, anything, literally anything can happen. You, you know how it is. 
with bike racing, it's as soon as it rains, it's more a, a race, not just about speed, but a, a race of survival, you know, because people do go down. It's easy to be fast, but very easy to crash. So uh, championship-wise, it's not over because of that. And um, and the race weekend, you can't say that it's safe bet that, that um, Banyai wins because literally anything can happen both. Um, we saw what happened at I've said it a couple of times before, at Barcelona, how Tucker couldn't stop Nakagami and took two mm. of the main guys out, you know. Anything like that can happen championship-wise or race-wise in Mizano, but the weather is going to play a big part. So, Simon, what does your day now unfold in front of you? What do you, what do you off to do? Have you had breakfast yet? Are you off to the track? Or what's, what, what happens now for you on a, on a day like this? <laughs> I've got to admit, in Italy... Uh, I'm not really a sweet tooth, but how do you say no to a brioche, you know, which is like a croissant filled with custard and some berries on it, you know, with the Italian cappuccino. So I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Um, now I'm off to the track uh, with my workmates who are down finishing their cappuccino and we're going to head off to the track together. Um, I Thursday is getting interviews with the crew chiefs uh, about uh, the circuits, but for example, I do the interviews about the next race with the crew chief so we can put it on the website on the week leading up to the next race, you know, talking through information about that circuit. Then um, I plan a tech talk uh, for tomorrow and get the information for it. It's like a video on something technical. Then <laughs> we've got the press conference. Um, we do a pre-show to that, kind of what we're doing now, but uh, two camera uh, live and that's pretty much it. Then uh, tomorrow starts with obviously with the sessions F FP1 in pit lane, FP2 in the box with Matt. And then Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Friday is manageable. Saturday, Sunday, crazy. <laughs> I haven't even got Mental. time to go visit uh, somebody here. Sounds, sounds exciting. Just quickly, what's the subject of Tech Talk this week? Um, well, I'll be honest, I'm running out of uh, content. I'm kind <laughs> of relying on, you know, in the first years, I did the, the things that I know, you know, and then yeah. you run out of them. <laughs> I don't know lots. You run out of, run out of things, and then uh, I just taking, I'm taking um, sort of ideas from other people that what they want to see. Uh, they want to know about the big brakes, you know, because that was a big topic, topic at Austria because it's so hard on brakes there. They've got, you know, most, well, all the big sports bikes you see on the street have 320 mil front discs. Um, you can grab the caliper, you know, once you've unbolted it, give it a bit of a wriggle to push the pads back and pull the caliper off. These things run 340s or 355s now, which means the caliper's so far out, it's just about touching the wheel. So you have to take the discs off, uh, you know, the wheel out with all the brakes, calipers on, and take the discs off to get the calipers off. So... Um, I know that'll be a bit confusing if you, you don't know the parts, but I'm just going to make a video on that to show the difference between kind of street bikes and what these guys are using now. Perfect tech talk, mate. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well done. <laughs> Simon, thank you so much for giving, giving us your time, idea. as always, mate. Uh, have a great weekend. Yeah, enjoy, man. Thank you thank very you. much. And until next time.